Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Haitian Islam, I want to Alexander. This is Crystal City Council Aboriginal Latin Media. Today's class, the Optimist of Venice, Medina, Vanessa, and Tiantan, the Chain, is Alexander the Great in America. This class will involve non-Vitamin understanding that. You may have never heard of what class that we do done. We want everybody to understand that there's been a lot of hidden evidence, hidden information about yourself which is being restored by the Queen, Charlie Chase, and myself. And this is just another piece of evidence that's been hidden to give you a taste uh, on the internet with all of the gold and all of the riches of uh, treasures of Alexander Gray and the found in Illinois. How did they get there? Why is it there? Will be examined today. Also, the fact that Alexander the Great was a man that was taught to have been in, once again, the area of the Middle East. And so many things that we have been told is in the so-called Middle East, or the Eastern Hemisphere, is not from the Eastern Hemisphere. And the decoding of this is what we have been doing, what Queen has been doing heavily. And I've been witnessing all of the recordings and together the evidence has obviously been taken away from the public eye. But the Queen also went into the Bible and has been shown how all the Bible is about North and South America. So people go by the Bible very heavily and use that history. 
what the Bible is about love is young America, what other history has been removed from North and South America and taken to the East. This is another piece of evidence that's been removed that we'll be dealing with today. Because South America is now emerging as a true beginning of civilization that was left in South America Atlantic. Well, the reason one would have to take it over, probably that he would have to take it to the East and create new in the beginning of patriarchy has already been laid on the table. The personal gain and power and all of that deals with this situation. And so the people have been robbed of identity of self, right? Now it's the self is supposed to be everything, but they taught out of the self and all self has come from the east, and this is not the case. So yes, it makes a lot of so-called prominent educated scholars into liars. Because we feel some of them they have known better in terms of taking to the east. Once again, by instruction, by threat, from a personal gain in power. We're going to remove all that and let you decide on the evidence, not one version that you've heard, but now what's been removed as compared to what was been or what it was replaced with. It's very, very interesting how all of the puzzles, pieces of the puzzle, start coming together once we remove. Pieces that's been removed to the east and put them back in the west. And this is what the queen has been doing so well. And will continue to do. We've been going in on this for a minute, but no one, but no one had entered into the realm of the King James Bible. And one of that was put back into the West, Rockland County, and everything else that was taken to the East became suspect also. So we need no stone on the time. So we told you in the beginning, in 2013, on a live account, we were Christmas State. So that is what's going on. And those that have been profited and living off this life were also for. Because your people will now no longer be able to look at you with any type of trust in what you're saying. Because there's no way that you didn't have any of what was that you changed to what wasn't. And this is what's going on. Definitely. We've had uh, King Juba in the other treasure town King Juba. And uh, Solomon's treasure also. So the slaves on the east, they were supposed to be only in the east. And all of that from the east was in Egypt, King Duba, Alexander the Great, and the in the west. And they could know a cow of these men 
you can come to the wreck, yet their churches are here. And now on the shoreline, by the way, in the Midwest, where only real access to the closest water to these lands and these artifacts are found, will be the Mississippi River. Or the Moses, Moses, Moses Mississippi River, which is named after Moses. So the geographical cliff that was mentioned, mentioned by the waters as being evidence, this is what we are showing in proof. And with that, that makes everyone who has been kicking the East suspect. So we have to know whether or not they knew or they just didn't know they went by you know, what they were told. But they knew and were told to remove the allergy from the West and put it to the East and make it a reality or make it into reality. Um, you got to remember that the word read, read you know, two or something to do over. They said in the beginning, they followed that with religion. So, well, religion was in the beginning, but the word read was there. So, but that angle is going in to find evidence contrary to the fact that they created or contrary to the history that they created. So we'll be trying to illustrate the facts of evidence of the West as the Queen has been doing. So we ask you to listen very closely, word for word, and you may check everything for yourself, but you will find that the evidence that's been hidden, once it's shown to you, the mind will not be able to stay where it was. Uh, before, if you heard any lies. But once a lie is exposed, you don't have to remember that anymore. You, you remember the lie, so you remember what broke the lie. Yeah. And the part that they have you studying the lie so hard that fact, fact turned into belief, and their beliefs turned into fact. All that's been eliminated to make it confidence level and being out of the low frequency state that they created on the matrix. So as soon as the queen comes on the line, we're going to yield the floor. The opposite is this again in the message here. Time to chase. And once again, the class today will be out of hand to the great. In America, if you've never heard that before, that's fine. But this is not grim fairy tales. So we're not making this up. But we're dealing with factual evidence found by men or found by women and men in South America and in North America. We're going to stay here with that because that is not being dealt with correctly. They've been ignored. But what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And so we're going to have what's right today. 
This evidence, once again, has been withheld, hidden, or reduced to a belief status and replaced by belief that they try to make it the facts. So Alexander the Great, with the Ptolemies and Egypt, this is going to get real ill. Because you saw the movie Alexander. But now we have Egypt instead of keeping their way in Brazil. We have Alexander now in the West. And remember what we learned about Egypt and how Egypt was hidden from us. There were two empires of it. We were told there was only one, and Egypt was carried, and all this other stuff, but that finds that comes out to be correct. But we found too much evidence in the Rocky Mountains in South America of Egypt's existence and being. Two empires. This by the sun would never set on the British Empire. We always question that because the sun never set on your empire, but the empire is not the ancient. The whole empire was the four, the planets. And everyone be the point where they can just get reckless with what's called history. And begin to teach that as fact. They also teach the Bible as history, which we know now is not correct. They can't take things from the East or things from the West and say it just began in the East to accommodate Europeans or to accommodate people from the East. So we got to know who did that, why that was done. And the answer to that comes to the people who have benefited to tell the lie and move the truth into another geographical area, another longitude, another latitude, without messing with nothing with the mathematics of it. So that's what we're doing over here. As soon as the queen comes on, that will be dealt with in the Indian matter. With Alexander the Great, he himself in the movie showed that he was a Nazi type and was kind of gay. So his concept of the creator. And well, if God was twisted, and his father wanted to be a god, so um, you got Ptolemy, you got Serapis, there were a lot of things suspect with uh, the account he gave us of these men. We're honored to be able to deal with that right now. And remove as many discrepancies as we can because of the fact that people 
are confused at this point about what was what. The arguments come from lack of disclosure of evidence to the people that are arguing. Once all the evidence is being put back, and the argument should stop because all you remember the lawyer thing, but if it's too lawyer, somebody's lying. So that's what it is. Now, after you dealt with it, so we can correct everything in the correct manner. Now, you saw Alexander in Macedonia. You saw the movie with Natalia Dawson. And she represented the Egyptians. Yeah, right there. She represented the Egyptians. And um, we were told the Egyptians were from the East. Under the guise of Christopher Columbus, first coming here in 1482. To try to make the West into a place that wasn't civilized and had no religion or anything or had any order to it until Christopher Columbus came. That's all that's said to be alive. All that's said to be alive. Happy life. Taking you by the church, everybody else. They can benefit themselves and follow up the people. This is something that will never end or never be corrected unless we, the people, correct it ourselves. That's what we're going to do. Queen will be here momentarily. But until that time, we will continue to prepare for our arrivals. How many people have been listening to watch the movie Alexander? Because after this is over, we can go watch it again. You see, you see any signs of the rest of them looking like the east or the tickets as the east. But there's always something on the, uh, in the coast that really identifies. And they never let you know that. So why would people lie about what's history? The word history really contains the words Torah. And the word Torah represents a political party in England. We started finding that the English or the people from England, we wrote a lot of things 
Okay. Where for the queen still? It should be right here. We have like an age of 36. Hello, Nobel Terali Bay. Indeed, indeed. With all due respect, uh, we want to immediately uh, yield the floor to Officer Vinicius. Beginning in Ephraim, time to chase. She's in the building right now. Everybody ready? And Tony, can you please start the class? Okay, today I'm going to be talking about Alexander the Great um, and America. Okay, first let me start off by giving some background on exactly who Alexander the Great was. 
Okay, I'm going to be reading from um, Wikipedia, and I'm also going to be reading from um, www.historyofmacedonia.org. So if you have your computer, um, or you buy your computer, you can read it along with me so we can see the same thing. Okay, Alexander the Great, um, this is what uh, Wikipedia has about him. Alexander III of Macedonia, he was born July 20th, they have 20th slash 21st, 356 B.C. Be very mindful of the date, 356 B.C. through 10-11 June, 323 B.C., commonly known as Alexander the Great. Okay, then it's breaking down all of his different names and different translations. Okay, then it says, was a king of the ancient Greek kingdom of Macedon and a member of the Argae dynasty, a famous ancient Greek royal house. Born in Pella in 356 B.C., Alexander succeeded his father, Philip II, to the throne at the age of 20. He spent most of his ruling years on an unprecedented military campaign through Asia and Northeast Africa. Until by the age of 30, he had created one of the largest empires of the ancient world. So be mindful, one of the largest empires of the ancient world. Stretching from Greece to Egypt and into Northwest India, he was undefeated in battle and is considered one of history's most successful military commanders. During his youth, Alexander was tutored by the philosopher Aristotle until the age of 16. After Philip, that's his father, was assassinated in 336 B.C., Alexander succeeded his father to the throne and inherited a strong kingdom and an experienced army. He had been awarded the generalship of Greece and used his authority to launch his father's pan-Hellenic project to lead the Greeks into the conquest of Persia in 334 B.C. He invaded the the Archimedes Empire, ruled Asia Minor, and began a series of campaigns that lasted 10 years. Alexander broke the power of Persia in a series of Decisive battles, most notably the Battle of Isis and Guagamela. Now that sounds like uh, Guatemala. He he subsequently overthrew the Persian king, Darius III, and conquered the the Archimedes Empire in its entirety. At that point, his empire stretched from the Adriatic Sea to the Indus River. Seeking to reach the ends of the world with the great outer sea, he invaded India in 326 B.C., but was eventually forced to turn back at the demands of his troops. Alexander died in Babylon in 323 B.C., the city he planned to establish as his capital. Without executing a series series of planned campaigns that would have begun with an invasion of Arabia, 
and the years following his death. A series of civil wars tore his empire apart, resulting in several states ruled by the Diachi, ruled by the Diachi, Alexander's surviving generals and, and heirs. Alexander's legacy includes the cultural diffusion, his conquests and engineers, such as Greco such as Greco Buddhism. He found he founded some twenty cities that bore his name, most notably Alexandria in Egypt. Alexander's settlement of Greek colonials and the resulting spread of Greek culture and the East resulted in a new Hellenistic civilization, aspects of which were still evident in the traditions of the Byzantine Empire in the mid-15th century and the presence of great speakers in Central and Far Eastern Anatolia until the 1920s. Alexander became legendary as a classical hero in the mode of Achilles, and he featured prominently in the history and myth of Greek and non-Greek cultures. He became the measure against which military leaders compared themselves, and military academies throughout the world still teach his tactics. He is often ranked among the world's most among the world's most influential people of all time, along with his teacher Aristotle. Okay, now that was a little bit of what Wikipedia had on Alexander uh, the Great. He's also uh, Alexander the Third of Macedonia. Now, the reason why I said be mindful of the date—that's the date given on Wikipedia. It may be even older um, than that date, but it's 306, 356 BC. Through June 323 BC. That's when he was. That's when he was a king. Now, when you look at that date, um, that's pretty. That was BC. That's before Christ. When you look at that uh, date, because I'm going to show you that Alexander the Great was in America, was South America, Venezuela. To be to be um, to be exact, so he was here in Venezuela at 356 BC. I mean, just you know, just think about just think about that for a minute, because it just goes back to show you how old that America really is. 350 BC, 56 BC, he's over in, in South America, Venezuela, ruling. Okay. Now, let me read on. Okay, it's going into his lineage and his childhood. Okay, it says Alexander was born the sixth day of the ancient Greek month of Heka, Heka, Tom. Hecatombion, which, co- which probably score- corresponds to 20 July 356 B.C. So let me take that back. That means he was born, okay, he was born 356 B.C. 
I need to know the actual date when he ruled. But it's still the B.C. era, and it's on American soil. Let me see. Let me go ahead and read on a little bit about him. I come back to the date when he um was in rulership. Alexander Okay, and Pella, the capital of the kingdom of of Macedon, he was the son of Macedon, Philip II, and his fourth wife, Olympus, the daughter of Neo Neo Plolemus the first, king of Euripus Euripus. Although Philip had seven or eight wives, Olympia was his principal wife for some time, likely a result of giving birth to Alexander. So that's his mother and his father. Okay, I'm going to skip down and go to his um, education. It says, when Alexander was 13, Philip began to search for a tutor and consider such such, um, academics as Isocrats, like Isocrats and Spusipus. The later offering to reign to take up the post. In the end, Philip chose Aristotle and provided the temple of the nymphs, the nymphs at Mysa, or Nymphs at Mysa, as a classroom. In return for teaching Alexander, Philip agreed to rebuild Aristotle's hometown of, of, of Sagarara, which Philip had raised, and to repopulate it by buying freeing the ex-citizens who were slaves or pardoned who were in exile. Okay, Miza was likely a boarding school for Alexander and the children of Macedonian nobles, such as Ptolemy, Hep, Hephanistion, and, and Cassander. Many other students would become his friends and future generals and are often known as the Companions. Aristotle told Alexander and his companions about medicine, philosophy, morals, religion, logic, and art. Under Aristotle's, under Aristotle's tutelage, Alexander developed a passion for the works of Homer, and in particular, and in particular the Iliad. The Iliad. Aristotle gave him an. Aristotle gave him an. an Annotated copy, which Alexander later carried on his campaigns. Let me go on to another site so I can see when he actually was in power. Okay, this site, like I said again, is www.historyofmacedonia.org. Okay, it says Alexander III 
Alexander III the Great, the King of Macedonia and conqueror of the Persian Empire, is considered one of the greatest military geniuses of all time. He was inspiration for later conquerors such as Hannibal, the Carthaginian, the Romans, Pompey, and Caesar, and Napoleon. Alexander was born in 356 B.C. in Pella, the ancient capital city of Macedonia. He was the son of Philip II, King of Macedonia, and Olympus. Okay. Alexander spent his childhood watching his father transform Macedonia into a great military power, winning victories after victories on the battlefields throughout the throughout the Balkans. At age twelve he showed at age twelve he showed his equestrian skills to his father. Okay, let me go read down. Okay, in three hundred and forty, when Philip assembled a large Macedonian army and invaded Trace. He left his 16-year-old son with the power to rule Macedonia in the absence as 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 a in his absence as a regent or regent, which shows that even at such a young age, Alexander was recognized as quite capable. But as the Macedonian armies advanced into Trace, the transient tribe of Madai, bordering northeastern Macedonia, rebelled and posed a danger to the country. Alexander assembled an army, led it against the rebels, and with swift action defeated the defeated the Madai, captured captured their stronghold, and renamed it after himself to Alexandria Lapis. Two years later, in 338 B.C., Philip gave his son a commanding post among the senior generals as the Macedonian army invaded Greece. At the Battle of Sharonia, the Greeks were defeated, and Alexander displayed his bravery by destroying the elite Greek force, the Theban secret band. Some ancient histories record the Macedonians won the battle thanks to his bravery. Okay, in the spring of 336 B.C., with Philip's Persian invasion already set in motion, the king was assassinated by a young Macedonian noble, Paul Pausanias. During the work, during the wedding ceremony in Agi, the old capital of Macedonia, while Pausanias killed the Macedonian queen, king is a question that puzzles both ancient and modern historians. There is a claim that Pausanias was driven into committing the murder because he was denied justice by the king, which he sought his support in punishing and punishing the Cleopatra's uncle, Attalus, for earlier mistreatment. But there are also reports that both Olympias and Alexander were responsible for the assassination by driving by driving the young man into committing the act that might explain why, why Pausanias was instantly put to death by Alexander 
closest friends as he attempted to flee the scene. Instead of being captured alive and tried before the Macedonia assembly, Philip, the great Macedonian conqueror, conqueror, was dead. The man who liberated his own country and brought it from the edge of the abyss into a world power. His dream of conquering the Persian Empire now lays on his successor, his son, King Alexander III. I'm trying to still see when did he actually was in power to date. Okay, it says he invaded. I know he invaded in 334 BC the Archimede Empire and he ruled Asia. But when he actually come into rulership, It's not giving me an actual date when he came into rulership. So let me just go and read some more about him of when he was actually conquering. So because the dates he was conquering different cities, those have dates on them. But oh, mind you, all this is ha- happening right here in America because um, when I uh, when I read um, when Ross Crowley about Horace Butler, he said so, and then when I looked into it on the map, and I looked at uh, the geographics, the geographics of Tyre, and I look at the geographics of um, of Venezuela. It matches. And then you have two tires. You have tires that's on the mainland of Venezuela, and then you have um, the tire um, that Alexander himself had built. That's like it's like um it's, it's like an island. It's a man-made. It's like um, a man-made causeway that goes out into an island. And I posted those pictures to Facebook so you can actually see the side-by-side comparison of Venezuela and the uh, Venezuela um, with with uh, the the tire in the land, and then you can actually see how it's actually like it's an island sitting. Uh, it's like a causeway, and then it's an island sitting out. That is um, where Alexander the Great ruled from. Um, but when you go and you look at it, and then the word breakdown of Venezuela even goes deeper than that. And when you look at the geographics, it matches. It matches perfectly. So, if I looked at some of the places where he actually, um, where he conquered, and there was many, it still will go back to. Uh, the 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 300 era of BC and that's right hand America. 
Now, while they never told nobody about this stuff, the America, it was many different wars that happened on American soil, whether it be North America, Central America, or South America. It was different wars that went on, and it was different. Um, it was different uh, uh, parts in North, South, Central America that had several wars on top of a war too. So, okay, let me um, read on to. I'm going to the dates. I'm on www.ancient.eu slash Alexander the Great. And um, if you scroll down, I'm on the part where you see where you see the statue of his face, and I'm going to be reading from that. It says, um, with an army of 32,000 infantry and 5,100 cavalry. cavalry Alexander crossed over to Asia Minor in 334 B.C. and sacked the city of Baalbek, renaming it Heliopolis. So right there you see that Alexander gave the name Heliopolis. It was originally called Baalbek. And when you look at Baal, that's Abel. So you can really say Abel-Bek. He then liberated the Greek city of Eisos from Persian rule and offered to rebuild the temple of Artemis, which which had been destroyed by arson on the night of his birth. But the city refused his gesture. gesture. In 333 B.C., Alexander and his troops defeated the large force of King Darius III of Persia at the Battle of Isos. I, I, yeah, Isos. Darius fled the field, leaving his family behind. Alexander went on to sack the Phoenician city of Sidon, and then to conquer Aleppo. And then to conquer Aleppo. In 332 BC, he conquered Syria, and then Egypt. In 331 BCE, where he found the city of Alexandria. Of Alexandria at the Oracle of Siwa and the eponymous Egyptian oasis, he was proclaimed a son of the of the god Zeus Amun. Okay, though he had conquered Egypt, and Egypt too was then America. Alexander was not interested in imposing his own ideas of truth religion or behavior upon the people as long as they were willing kept as long as they willingly kept the supply lines open to feed and to equip his troops. An important aspect of his ability to rule vast areas which was to be neglected by his successor. This does not mean, however, that he did not ruthlessly suppress uprising or hesitate to viciously annihilate those who opposed him. After designing the plan for the city of Alexandria, he left Egypt for further campaigns. Easily conquering the land of Phoenicia, except for the island city of Tyre. And I'm going to go into Phoenicia and Tyre in a second. Which he placed under siege. So determined was he to conquer Tyre, that he built a causeway from the mainland, that's the causeway I'm talking about, 
that's right in um that's right um off the coast of Venezuela. He built a causeway from the mainland to the island on what's to mount his siege engines and what's to mount his siege engines to take the city. This causeway in time collected silt and earth and is the reason why Tyre is a part of the mainland and Lebanon today. But that's Lebanon here in in um South America, not Lebanon across the water. For their seven resistance, their inhabitants of the cities were slaughtered and the survivors sold into slavery. His policy regarding the citizens of Tyre is a prime is a prime example of his ruthlessness. Okay, now let's go into Phoenicia. First, let's go into Tyre. This Tyre is in Tyre is in the Bible. Tyre is even sometimes in the Bible. Well, actually, Tyre spelled T-Y-R-E. It's not in the Bible that way. In the Bible, it is um, T-Y-R-U-S, but it's still Tyre. So if you're looking for it in the Bible, it's not going to be underneath T-Y. R E. And then if you're looking for Phoenicia, Phoenicia is not in the Bible. Um, it's gonna say Zidon, Zidon or Sidon, but that's still Phoenicia. But and it's in the Bible. Also Alexander the Great is in the Bible. He is in he's not in the regular King James Version Bible. He's in the um the, the he's in the King James the sixteen eleven King James um, King James Version Bible, which had the apocryphal books, and that's um, first. Uh, that's the first Maccabees, and I'm gonna be reading about that too. Matter of fact, let me go to it now. Okay. So when people say that the Bible's not true, it's no history in the Bible that is made up. You know, it's not credible. That's absolutely not. That's not true. It may be some parts in the Bible that's um that is uh you know, it's allegorical or metaphysical, but the Bible has history in it as well. So when you when you um hear people talk and they say, Oh, this person not real, the Bible's fake, it's only metaphysical, it's only allegorical, um, that is absolutely not true. It is it it is all those things. Okay, first Maccabees chapter chapter one. Okay. 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 Now it says first Maccabees chapter one. Maccabees in the apocryphal book. If you don't have a sixteen eleven um Bible or you just have a regular King James Version Bible, you can buy the apocryphal book separate by itself. And that had the books those are the books who they took out of the King James Version Bible, the regular Bible um that we have today. 
but it's the the proxy book. Even though it's not part of our kingdom's um, version Bible today, it is still relevant and it gives you more history, and you'll be able to connect to connect the dots even more with the apocryphal books. With the apocryphal books. Okay, first Maccabees, um, chapter one, and I'm going to be reading the four, the four. I'll read halfway down the chapter. Okay, it says, um, and it happened after after that Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Kittim. Now, we know the Kittim, that goes back to the Hittites. Okay, has smitten Darius, king of the Persian and Medes, that he reigned in his stead the first over Greece. And made many wars and won many strongholds and slew the kings of the earth and went through the ends of the earth and took spoils of many nations and so much that the earth was quiet before him whereupon he was exalted and his heart was lifted up he gathered a mighty stronghold and ruled over countries and nations and kings who became tributaries unto him and after these things he fell sick and perceived that he should die. Wherefore he called his servants, such as were honorable, and had been brought up with him from his youth, and parted his kingdom among them while he was yet alive. So Alexander reigned 12 years, and then he died. So that's pretty much, it's just a small portion of what they have on Alexander himself, um, and the first Maccabees. Um, so he is there. He's in a um, he's in a Parker book. But if you want to, of course, if you want to know more about Alexander, you have to go into the history to get the four more uh, the more details. Now let me go into Tyre, and I'm gonna show Tyre in the Bible and everywhere where, where the scripture I read, you see Tyre. Think. Venezuela, the island, think Venezuela, and that causeway. Like if you pull up on the map, um, if you really want to get it, because I know sometimes on the map, is if you don't type it in a certain kind of way, it will not come up. But if you just Google, um, Google Cora, Cora, Venezuela, then you should get a more. You can really see the island part of what I'm talking about, and that's where, um, that's where, that's New Tyre. But um, the Alexander the Great, you know, had built out. But Old Tyre is on the land. Like, if you look, because I don't have the map in front of me, but if you look a little down, it'll say El Tiger, and it's spelled E-L-T-I-G-R-E, and that's on the land. It's to the right. So it's El Tiger. That's how it was spelled on um, on the map of Venezuela. So that's the mainland, and then you have the tiger that the tiger, um, not tiger, but the tire. That's spelled T Y R E um, in history. But if you're looking on the map, it's spelled L Tiger, and that's T I G R E. So you find it. You find it on the mainland. And it's also the new tire, which is Alexander the Great had built. That is, um, that is new tire. Okay. 
Now, let me see. Okay, let me go to the Bible and pull up Tyre in the Bible. And, okay, it's right here. Now, like I said, we're looking for a tire in the Bible. It's not going to be spelled T-Y-R-E. It's going to be spelled T-Y-R-U-S. And that's another thing. Like when you're doing research of the Bible, um, one word will have many spellings. And you have to really look into the etymology of um, of the word because you'll be going around in a circle thinking you're talking about something different when it's actually the same person or in the same place. So, let me sh- let me read a couple of scriptures showing you that uh you know that Tyrus is in the Bible and it's in multiple scriptures. So, when you think Tyrus, think Venezuela. Okay, now it says um Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 22. And all the kings of Tyrus and all the kings of Zidon, you see, you see Zidon, and the kings of the isles which are beyond the city. Okay. Jeremiah twenty seven and three. And send them to the kings of Edom and to the king of Moab and to the king of the Ammonites and to the king of Tyrus and to the king of Zidon by the hand of the messengers which come to Jerusalem and unto Zedekiah king of Judah. Okay, Jeremiah forty seven and four. Because of the day that comes to spoil all the Philistines and to cut off from Tyrus and Zidon every helper and remaineth, for the Lord will spoil the Philistines, the remnant of the country of the of of Ketor. Ezekiel um chapter twenty six verse two. Son of man, because that Tyrus has said uh, has said against Jerusalem, Aha, Aha, she is broken, that was the gate of the people. She is turned to me. I shall be replenished. Now she is laid waste. Okay, and then if you just go to the book of Ezekiel, it's really talking about Tyrus. It's multiple scriptures, chapter 26, chapter 27, chapter 28. So that's all, that's all Venezuela. Talking about chapter 29. Um, and uh, in the book Hosea, it's uh, chapter 9, verse 13. It says, Ephraim, as I saw Tyrus, is planted in a pleasant place, but Ephraim shall bring forth his children to the murderer. And that's Hosea chapter 9, verse 13. And then you have it in uh, Tyrus' mentioned in Amos chapter 1 and 9, Amos chapter 1 and 10. And then you have Zechariah chapter 9 and 2. And then you have Zechariah 93. Now, that's from me just checking Tyre, spelled as T-Y-R-U-S. But if I dig further and I find another spelling of, of, of Tyre, I'm pretty sure I can find in even more scriptures just underneath a different spelling. Okay. Now, let's look at, that's Tyre. So, um, now, let's look at Phoenicia. Because all that area is all that area is all that mainland area that is um Phoenicia. Okay. It says Phoenicia I'm reading from Wikipedia. 
It says Phoenicia um, was an ancient Semitic, Thysocratic civilization situated on the western coastal part of the Fertile Crescent and centered on the coastline of modern Lebanon. Okay, they're talking about today, but this is not, you know, that's that's not that's not um, accurate. But um, let me keep on reading. All major Phoenician cities were in the coastline of the Mediterranean. Okay, that's 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 correct. Some some colonies reaching the western Mediterranean. It was it was enterprising maritime trading cultures that spread across the Mediterranean from 1550 BC to 300 BC. The Phoenicians used the galley, a man-powered selling vessel, and are credited with the envision of the Barami. They were famed in classical Greek and Rome as traders in purple, referring to their monopoly on the precious purple dye of the Murak snail, used, among other things, for royal clothing and for the spread of their alphabet, from which almost all modern uh, phonetics alphabets are derived. So Phoenicia is where we get our our phonics, our ABCs. So, you know, that's right here in America, right in Venezuela. So, and also the purple dye. The purple dye is important because that goes back to the Hebrew Israelites, what do they wear as as protection? They wear uh, purple tassels, purple uh, tassels at the border of their clothes, and different cultures uh, wore wore purple um, as tassels, even on the borders of their clothes, or also on their boots as as protection. So, let me continue to read on. Although Egyptian seafaring expedition had already been made to Byblos to bring back Lebanon cedars as early as the 3rd millennium B.C. Continuous contact only occurred in the Egyptian New Empire and the Egyptian New Empire period. In the Armana tablets of the 14th century B.C., people from the region called themselves Kena, and they have it spelled, it's really Canaan, but they have it spelled K E. N A A N I or K I N A A N I, but it's Canaan. Or you live, you're a person from there, say Canaanite. So Phoenicia is really Canaan, the land of Canaan. So again, that's that's uh, that's that's South America, Venezuela. So that's your Canaan. Um, Phoenicia is really a classical Greek term used to refer to the so that's the Greek. So the Greek used the word Phoenicia. Um, Phoenicia is really a classical Greek term used to refer to the region of the major Canaanite port towns and does not correspond to exactly to a cultural identity that would have been recognized by the Phoenicians themselves. The term in Greek means land of purple, a reference to the valuable murex shell dye they exported. It is uncertain to what extent the Phoenicians view themselves as a single ethnicity. I don't know why I cannot pronounce that word, but in nationality, their civilization was organized in city-states similar to ancient Greeks. 
However, in terms of archaeology, language, life, lifestyle, and religion, there is little to set the Phoenicians apart as markedly different from other Semitic cultures of Canaan. As Canaanites, they were unique in their remarkable seafaring achievements. So they were very good at traveling um, the sea. Each city-state was a political independent unit. They came into conflict, and the one city might be dominated by another city slash state, although they would not um they would not collaborate in leagues or alliances through ancient boundaries of such center cultures fluctuated. The city of Tyre seems to have been the southernmost Sarepta modern day seraphim between Sodom and Tyre is the most thoroughly excavated city of the Phoenician homeland. The Phoenicians were the first state-level society to make extensive use of alphabet. The Phoenician alphabet is generally held to to be the ancestor of almost all modern alphabets. So, I mean, just think about how great that is. That happened right here, South America, the Phoenicians, the alphabet today. That didn't happen like across, you know, the water. You know, it happened right here, right here in your homeland. You know, you had your own language. Well, our language today comes from the, uh, the, the our modern language today comes from the Phoenicians, who were Canaanites. Okay, they spoke, okay, moving on. They spoke Phoenician, a Semitic language of the Canaanite subgroup closely related to Hebrew. However, due to, to the very slight differences in languages and the insufficient records of the time, whether Phoenician formed a separate and united dialect or were merely a superficial, superficially defined part of a broader language continuum is unclear. Though their maritime trade, the Phoenicians spread the use of the alphabet to North Africa and Europe where it was adopted by the Greeks, whom later transmitted it to the to the Romans. In addition to their many inscriptions, the Phoenicians are believed to have numerous to have left numerous types to have left other numerous types of written sources, but most has not survived. Now let's go into another let's go into the etymology of the word of the name Phoenicians. Okay, it says the Phoenicians like Latin, like Latin, phona. Then it says the adjective ponicus, later ponicus, but Phoenicia, upon my studies, is also ancient, um, ancient punts. So, you have that well, and it's proved. You can prove it through. Um, I read it in uh, Ross Crowd. It's punt, and I also when you look at um, the area, it matches the area, and also um, when you look at it. Uh, uh, when you look at the etymology of the word, you can see the punt right there, and the etymology of the word, and it has other names. Um, let me go. Let me let me continue. Come from the Greek phone kikes. Attested since Homer and influenced by the, by Phoenix, it's called Tyrian Tyrian purple, crimson. 
Murax, and then it has also Blood Red. Okay, if uncertain etymology, Beaks has suggested a pre a pre Greek origin of the etho ethonym. The oldest attested form of the word is the Mycenae. Am I saying it right? Mycenae or Mycenae. N-Y-C-E-N-A-E-A-N. So that's also um, that's also Phoenician. That's just another word for Phoenician. So you see that word. I saw it when I was reading um, some of the Greek history. So that's just another word for it. Also we borrowed from ancient Egyptian, Finku, Asiatic, Semitic. The folk etymological association uh Foinikai and that's P H O I N I K I with Phoenix Mers that and Akkadian and then you have Akkadian was tied to Canaan and they have it spelled K I N A H N I or K I N A H H I and we say they we say Canaan C A N A A N which means red dye wool. It says the land was known as okay the name the the land was native natively known as now they have K N apostrophe N okay then it says elaborate elaborate they have C A dash N A dash N A dash U M then they have another spelling C A dash N A dash N A so Canana Canana so. It's still Canaan. We say that Canaan. Okay, remember in the 6th century B.C. by Hecatuus under the Greek form, it looked like China, but they don't have the I. They have C-H-N-A, but I was pronounced it China. And it's people as, and it's people as the China, and that's spelled K-N. Apostrophe N Y. So see how much Canaan now is showing. I'm looking at it. Looks like sounds like it's China. And then you have the Punic, and they spell it C H A N A N I. Canaanai. And then the Hebrew is spelled K A N A apostrophe A N I. Canaanai. So that's just all that that's. That's just the etymology. So anytime we see any of those words, you know we're talking about Phoenicia. So Phoenicia is here in South America. Okay. Now let's go down and read some more. And you can also um, learn more about Phoenicia from um, Herodotus. Okay, let's see what Herodotus has to say about Phoenicia. And what I'm reading from, all this is on Wikipedia. Um, it says Herodotus' account written 440 B.C. And it says refers to the myth of low in Europa or Europa. It says, according to the Persians, best informed in history, the Phoenicians be- began the quarrel. These people who had formerly dwelt on the shores of the Etherian yeah, Oetherian Sea, having migrated to the Mediterranean 
and settled in the parts which they now inhabited began at once, they say, to adventure on long voyages. That's frightening their vessels with the wares of Egypt and Assyria. Okay, it says, the Greek historian Strabo believes that the Phoenicians originated from Bahrain. And that's B-A-H-R-A-I-N. Herodotus also believed that the homeland of the Phoenicians was Bahrain. This story was accepted by the 19th century German classicist Arnold Haran, who said that, and the Greek geographers, for instance, we read of two islands named Tyrus or Tylos in Arid and Bahrain, which boasted that they were the mother country of the Phoenicians and exhibit relics of Phoenician temples. The people of Tyre in particular have long maintained Persian Gulf origins and the similarities of the words Tylos and Tyre have been um, commented upon. However, there is little... Okay, thank you. However, there is little evidence of occupation at all in Bahrain during the time when such migration has supposedly taken place. Later, classical um, theories were proposed prior to modern archaeological excavation, which revealed no disruption of Phoenician societies between 3200 B.C. and 1200 B.C. Okay, now I'm going to go on to the Macedonian rule. It says, Alexander the Great, he took Tyre in 3, okay, he took Tyre in 332 B.C. So, 330, so 332 B.C., Alexander the Great on American soil took over Tyre. Tyre, we know, is Venezuela, and then you also have the new tire which he built, which is by um Cora on the out on the island from old tire. Okay. Alexander was essentially harsh to tire, executing two thousand of the leading citizens. But his but he maintained the king in power. He gained control of the other cities peacefully. The ruler of Arida submitted submitted the king of Zidon was overthrown. The the rights of Macedon gradually ousted the remnants of Phoenicia of Phoenicia's former dominance over the eastern Mediterranean trade routes. Phoenicia's culture disappeared entirely in the motherland. Carthage continued to flourish in North Africa. It oversaw the mining of iron and precious metals from Iberia and it used considerably naval powers and mercenary armies to protect commercial interests. Rome finally destroyed Rome finally destroyed it in 146 BC at the end of the Punic Wars. Following Alexander, the Phoenician homeland was controlled by a succession of Macedonian rulers. You have um Lamadon Ptolemy the first, Antagonus the second, Demetrius, you have Seleucus. Between 286 and 197 BC, Phoenicia, except for Herodotus, fell to the Ptolemies of Egypt, 
who installed the high priest of Astarte as Rasuru and Sidon. In 197 BC, Phoenicia, along with Syria, Syria here too, reverted to the Seleucids. The region became increasingly Hellenized, although Tyre became although Tyre became autonomous in 126 BC, followed by Sidon in 111. Syria, I'm sorry, Syria. Syria included Phoenicia, was seized and ruled by the king Tigranes, the great, the great of Armenia, from 82 until 69 B.C., when he was defeated by Lucilus. When he was defeated by Lucilus in 65 B.C., in 65 B.C., Pompey finally incorporated the territory as part of the Roman province of Syria. Phoenicia became a separate providence in 200 A.D. Okay, then it's going into, um, again it's going into, okay, let me read this so you can know what was traded right there in Venezuela. Okay, it says, uh, the Phoenicians were among the greatest tra- traders of their time and owed much of their prosperity to trade. At first, they traded mainly with the Greeks, um, trading wood, slaves, glass, and powdered tyran- Tyranian purple. Tyranian purple was a violet purple dye used by the Greek elite to color to color garments. And the Pope, he wears that. Um, today he wears that same um, that same purple, and. Uh, I do believe he's probably using the Tyranian purple. In fact, the word Phoenician derives from the ancient Greek phenos meaning purple, or phineos meaning purple. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay, sorry about that. I'm back. Um, it says, okay, it's going into the color purple again. But so basically, they, basically they was trading wood, slaves, glass, and the powder, the uh, Tyranian purple. Now let's see what else. Okay, it says in the centuries, in the centuries after 1200 BC, the Phoenicians were the major na- the major naval and trading power of the region. So there were heavy um, trading going on in Venezuela. Phoenician trade was founded on the, ty- the Tyranian purple dye, a violet purple dye derived from the shell of the Murak seashell. Okay, I already talked about that already. So that dye, so it should be, so if you go back, if they haven't k- killed all the snails, and you look up the different snails that is in, um, that is in um, uh, uh, Venezuela, in that region, and you look, you look for that color purple. Them snails, if they're still alive, if they haven't killed all of them, that make that color should be there. 
And that's if you can find that, that's even more proof that 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 area of Venezuela was Phoenicia. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that it's not gonna it might I don't know, it depends. It might be easy to find, but they might um hit, you know, hit it, but you might could find it. I would still I would still definitely go look up the different species of snails in that region of Venezuela. Um, for that that makes that purple um dye. Um, okay. It says to Egypt where grapevines will not grow, the eighth century Phoenicians sold wine. So they sold so okay, sold wine. Okay. So that means that there should be some wineries that should be um there should be plenty of not wineries but um grape vineyard vineyard. So that's another thing you can look for. Look for um the grape vineyards in Venezuela. So they sold wine it should be should be a lot of them still there today. It says the wine trade with Egypt is vividly documented by the shipwrecks lo- located in 1997 in the open sea 50 ki- 50 kilometers 30 miles west of Ascalon. The pottery can the pottery cans at Tyre and and producing the big terracotta jars used for transporting wine. From Egypt, the Phoenicians bought Nubian gold. Additionally, great cedar logs were traded with the Lombardport Egypt for significant sums. Sometimes between sometime sometime between ten seventy five and ten sixty BC, an Egyptian envoy by the name of Wen Amen visited Phoenicia and secured even greater cedar logs in exchange for a mixed cargo including four crocs and one cock man of gold, five silver jugs, ten garments of royal linen, ten herds of good good linen from Upper Egypt, five hundred rolls of Finnish papyrus uh Finnish papyrus or yeah, papyrus, five hundred cows, hides, five hundred rolls, twenty bags of lentils and thirty bags of fish. Those logs were then moved by ship from Phoenicia to Egypt. Okay. So that's just a little bit about the economy. And then if I click on the Phoenicians and wine, then it'll go into, um, you know, their, their extensive history of wine. So it definitely should be even to this day well it might have been destroyed but it's that area it still should have some wineries if it wasn't um destroyed. So so yeah they did mm-hmm. okay. So Phoenicians and wines and that's right on uh, Wikipedia. Okay, the Greeks had two names names for their ships, Hippo and Galio. Galio means tubs, and Hippo means horse. Okay, the names are rarely explained explained by definitions 
of Phoenician ships and the palaces of um, Assyrian kings from the 7th and 8th centuries are the ships, and these images are are tub-shaped and have horse heads on the ends of them. It is possible that the hippo comes from Phoenician connections with the Greek god Poseidon. Now, I saw this before about Poseidon. Now, they say that Poseidon is a myth. I do not believe that he's um, of myth. Um, Poseidon, and when you look at Poseidon, anytime you see that Don, that D-O-N, like Master Don, uh, Poseidon, uh, uh, the demonians that has Don in it, anytime you see that Don in there, there's normally an, uh, an affiliation with that. Like, they're normally um, uh, the same group of people. Or they come from, um, they come from one. Uh, uh, they originally came came from one group, and then they like um, they broke apart. Cause I was when I was researching, I kept seeing that Don, that Don. Now I want to say that Don goes back to the tribe of Dan. And normally when you see a Don, it goes back to the tribe of Dan. But uh, I'm not too, um, I'm not that certain, but. Um. Well, let's see. Let's see. Matter of fact, let me see something right now. Okay, when you look at the etymology of Poseidon, and you, there, there you see Dan. It's spelled in the etymology. You have it's spelled P-O-T-E-I-D-A-N. So it's Dan. It's, it goes back to the tribe of Dan. And that's another um, way to try to hide a lot of things. It's a lot of stuff has, you know, um, a lot of words has been uh, uh, purposely mistranslated wrong because we get the English version. And sometimes when you only look at it in English, the English only can take you so far. You have to go look at some things in the Greek. You have to go look at some things in Hebrew. You have to go look at some things in the Latin to put it all together. Um, yeah, but that's Dan in the word. So that goes uh, back to the tribe of Dan. So when you see um, uh, uh, Jordan and you see Poseidon and the Poseidon and the Macedon, those are tribes of Dan. Um, which are you know those are African African tribes. So when they start say oh. Um, so uh, people in the Bible that they're white, no, they're black. Um, so that would make that would make Alexander the Great black, because if he is um, he he ruled Macedon. Let me, let me think about it. Let's see, he ruled Macedon, cause he ruled there, but he didn't. He wasn't birthed there. But I do believe that Alexander the Great was black. But I will have to look um, further into that to confirm that. But I do believe he is black. Because I was looking at some of his photos, and a lot of his photos, they look whitewashed. But when you go into the story of, um, I know I'm going off a little bit, when you go into the story of Poseidon and you're reading the story, these were actual people. So when they keep saying this stuff is a myth, they had a lot of stuff behind um, myth and folklore is actually true. But Poseidon, you also it also can be used as um, 
I saw it used before as uh, uh, the word Poseidon. It was um, it represented. It was like it was used metaphysically, and it was um, it was used also as a symbol. So sometimes, a lot of times, we're doing research. There are multiple definitions to one thing. Just because somebody uses a perfect a person as a metaphor, that does not mean that the actual person did not exist. So you have to, you know, you have to really open your mind. You have to think, okay, is this a person? And do your research. Okay, yes, this is the actual person. Now you can find the metaphysics of this person, or you can find stuff that's used to describe this person. But they're using it. Um, they're using hyperboles, or they're using similes, you know. So, um, and you learn. I learned all that stuff in um in English. Okay, then. Um, okay, that's beside Okay, let me go back. But it all connects. I mean, it all really connects. Okay, let me go back to um, Phoenicia, and I just wanted to show Phoenicia because that's where Alexander the Great um, Tyre was a city in Phoenicia, and I just wanted to show, um, get some history on uh, Phoenicia, what it means, where is that, um, that's, you know, the show, that's where he, that's where he was um, ruling at. Okay, now, when you go into the word Venezuela, and you had that word, and it's broken down. And um, let me go to Venezuela. Let's go to let's go to when Ross cry out, because in that book he has a breakdown of Venezuela. Okay, it says Venezuela. Okay, it says the old map Ben was used to mean son of. Some maps show Venezuela as Benazut, and that's spelled B E N E Z U T. That name could mean the land. Uh, uh, it could mean the land of the sun Ben, and Esau, which is spelled. Which is the E D U and Benazu. So some script is called Venezuela, Sir or Seer. So if you're looking for Venezuela in the Bible, you can find it under the name Sure, which is spelled S H U R and Seer S E I R. Okay, so let me read um some few scriptures with Venezuela use uh the name Sir or seer um, as Venezuela in the Bible. Okay, that's in Genesis. Genesis chapter 16, verse 7. It says, and the angel of the Lord found by her by her a mountain of water in the wilderness, 
by the fountain and the way to Shur. Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Sur and sojourn in Gerera, Gerar, Gerar. Genesis chapter 25, verse 18. And they dwelt, into, and they dwelt from Havela into Shur, that is, before Egypt, as thou goest toward Assyria, and he died in the presence of all his brethren. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 7. And thou smoked the, the Amalekites from Havela until thou comest to Sur, that is over against Egypt. 1 Samuel chapter 27 verse 8. And David and his men went up and invaded the Jezreites and the Jezreites and the, and the Amalekites, for their nations were of old. For the nations were of old, the inhabitants of the land, as thou goest to Shur, and even to the land of Egypt. So, sure, every time you see Shur, S-H-U-R, think America, America, Venezuela. Okay, let's look at, it's spelled S-E-I-R. Okay, now we have Genesis again. All throughout Genesis, you have um, you have it's spelled S E I R. Let me read. Uh, let me read Genesis chapter fourteen, verse six. And the Horites and their mount Sir unto El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Genesis chapter thirty-two, verse three. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau his brother, into the land of Sur, the country of Edom. Now, you have a lot of uh, Hebrew Israelites that would say Esau, which is Jacob's brother, they'll say Esau's white. Esau's not white. He's not the white man. And the reason Esau and is associated with the red, it goes back to Edom, which is Adam, which is Adam, and it goes back to the red. So it has nothing to do with um uh, uh um him uh he, because he's a red man which signifies he's a white man. Okay. Let's go to Genesis chapter 36 verse 8. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. So in Genesis chapter 36 verse 8, they have Esau as Edom. So if Esau is Edom, um, then that means that that whole region of Venezuela will also be Edom. Okay. Then you have the Edomites. And these are black people. And, okay, then you have it in Deuteronomy. And these are the first Genesis, Deuteronomy. Okay, those are the first, the first, oh, those are the first books of, um, other Bible. Then you have it in Joshua. Then you have it in first. You have it in one time in Judges. Then you have it in uh, 
the first chronicles, two times in first chronicles, then you have it in second chronicles, then you have it in Isaiah and Ezekiel. Now those just are two other names for um Venezuela. But I'm pretty sure if you dig deep it's probably um even more uh you know, even more names for the same place. And you thinking it's the different place but the whole time it's the same place it's under a different spelling or a different a total different name. Now, when you look at uh Venezuela and you say um Esau. Well, who was Esau? Esau was Jacob's brother. But let's just see who 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 was their family. Let's look at that. Let me go to it. Let me go to the exact scripture. Let's say Esau and Jacob. And then I don't know where they get that Esau was white because I don't know where they get that from because if if Jacob and Esau are twins, then how can one be white and one be black? Okay, now the story of Jacob and Esau is in Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 through 34. Let me read some of it. It says, this is the account of the family line of Abraham, son of Isaac. Abraham begat, I'm sorry, Abraham became the father of Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethel, the Aramanian from from, so you see Dan again, from Pandam, Aram. Then you see Aram. Another thing I kept noticing while I was reading, I kept saying, I kept saying the words Dan a lot. I kept, when I was reading the Bible, I kept um, saying the word Dan a lot, D-A-N or D-O-N. I also kept saying Ram, you know, like Miriam, which has Ram in it. And I kept saying Abram, Ram. And now again you have Padam around. Then you have uh, 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 a rain, uh, uh, a Ramian. Okay. It says, and sister of Laban the Aramian. That was Ram again. Okay, verse 21. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered the prayer and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. So who was Esau? Esau was Isaac and Rebekah's son. Okay. The the babies jostled each other. The babies jostled each other, jostled each other with her, and she said, "Why is this happening to me?" Okay, I'm reading this. Is, let me come out of this version. This is the NIV version. Um, I like to always read the King James Version because sometimes NIV, their wording, different translations have different wording. Okay, it says, okay, Genesis chapter 25 or 22. And the children struggled together. This is Jacob and Esau. And the children struggled together with her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto her, 
two nations are in thy womb, and two manners of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Verse 24, And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Verse 25, And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. So there you see right there, Esau, which is Isaac's son, Isaac and Rebekah's son, and Jacob's brother. So Venezuela is named for Esau. So that land, Venezuela, is Esau's land. So there you have a person in the Bible, land that's named after that person. So that means Esau of the Bible was there. Not only was Esau there, that would mean that Rebekah, and Isaac and Abraham also were there in South America. Okay. Now, let me see. So, that area that that's just one that's just one area. That area is very um you know, very very important. Very important. So, now, so, let's go to Edom. What does Edom mean? Because, um, okay, it's Edom or Idumia, was the historical region of the southern Levant located south of Judea and the Dead Sea. So the, the Dead Sea is also here. It says, it is mentioned in biblical records as the first millennium B.C. Iron Age Kingdom of Edom. In a, class, in a classical antiquity, the Kongig name Idumia was used to refer to a smaller area in the same region. Okay, the Hebrew word Edom means red, and the name was later given to Esau, the eldest son of the Hebrew patriarch Isaac, because he was born red all over. Okay, and then you could read on about, um, you know, about uh, Edom. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, read and I'm not gonna read um anymore. But I just want to connect and show what's going on in that land. Also in that land, let's go to the kings. Let's go to the kings, the kings of Tyre. Okay. King of Tyre. Who was ruling in that area of Venezuela? And then we had several kings there. Now, let's see. Ancient, no, go sit down. Ancient Tyrant rulers based on Hellenic mythology. Okay. That's the first set. And who do they have? They have Son of Poseidon, Agenor. Okay, they saying it's based off myth, but that's not no myth. Then they got Phoenix. Then they have Era Aku, which in parentheses is Hercules. If it's a myth, why would you even put it there along with history? Now, let's continue reading some more of the kings of Tyre, which is in Venezuela. Okay, you have Iba, 
Abba Moku. You have Arubus. Let me, let me read it. They still have to. Okay, Abba Moku Hebrew, um, between 1350 through 1335 B.C. Major ruler of Tyre during the period of the Armana letter. You have Arabath. 1230. You have Baal Termag or Balat Remag. That's 1220. You have Baal. These are called Late Bronze Age Rulers. The date on um, Wikipedia has for him is 1193. You have Pome, 1163 through 1125. Okay, then you, um, then you have the kings of the Sidonians, which is Tyre, which is Tyre, which is Tyre as the capital, and that's from 1990 through 785 BC. You have Abba Baal. And that's from 1993 to, 19, I mean, I said 1993, from 993 through 981 B.C. Then you have, lo and behold, who do you have? You have Hiram the first. And I didn't even know it was three Hirams. Actually, three Hirams, but this is Hiram the first. And that's the one that's in the Bible. Yes, him. And you have him, he ruled Tyre. 980 through 947 B.C. And he's definitely in the Bible. Let's click on that. Yep. Hiram the first. Okay. So Hiram, yep, okay. Hiram the first is the one that is in, that's in the Bible, okay. Okay, then you have Baal, Ezar. And then you have, and he ruled from 946 through 930 B.C. Then you have, I can't pronounce this, like Abad Astar, Astart, 929 through 921 B.C. And it's more kings, um, this is the kings, the kings of the, Z- of the Zidonians. And then you have some more kings, um, the Assyrian Ascendancy, 8th and 7th century um, B.C., you have Ithobal the second. You have Hiram the second. Okay, you have Mantain the second. And I'm going to let me skip down past some more. Then you have Post, Assyrian, a period. You have Ithobiel, yeah, Ithobiel the third, and um, 591 through 573 BC. Now, this king is mentioned in Ezekiel in the Bible, chapter 28, verse 2, at the time. Of the fall of Jerusalem, and that's when Carthage became independent of Tyre in 574 BC. Okay, so he's writing the Bible. So when they say the Bible don't have history, again, that's not true. Now you go, you have under control of Babylon, you have Bio II. He reigned from 573 through 564 BC. Okay, and then. And then if you just keep, you can just Google this, it'll come up, uh, all the different kings. You have Belosa Tyre. It's just all the different kings. You know, all the stuff, all the people rule on American soil. And you just Google, type in King of Tyre, and all these different kings will come up. Okay, so.
Okay. Okay, now let me move on into, let's see. Okay, now I'm on the map of Cora, uh, Venezuela. And when you look at, when you even looking at, um, Another thing stood out to me is you see the word falcon on certain maps written right across, right right under Cora. And also, you when you look at um by Cora, okay, you have Cora right there. Then you have the main, um, then you have the causeway that Alexander the Great built. Then you should see where it says Ponto Fajo. Punto, P-U-N-T-O, Fajo. Okay. Um, Phoenicia is also, um, let me make sure I'm saying this right. Yeah, okay, Phoenicia is also ancient punt. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Phoenicia is also ancient punt. And so when you see that word Punto, Fajo, it's ancient punt. And even when you break down the word Phoenicia, you you, you will get, like, Punitian, Punitian, and it'll be spelled P U N I C I A N S. That's how it is be spelled Phoenician. Now, English spelling itself, we have it spelled Phoenician, which is P H O N E C I A N S. But it's really Punitian, P U N I C I A N S. So that's ancient Punt. And then when you go to Punt, P U N T. You know that it was best known for Queen Hatshepsut, her famous expedition in 1493 B.C. and the 18th dynasty of Egypt. And then that will take you on to Queen um, Hatshepsut and her, um, and to that history. So, so, and then, so it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of stuff has happened um, you know, here on the more uh, on American soil, and the more you research, you be like, you can't believe like all this stuff happened on American soil. You had no idea that was happening here. Some people had no idea that even happened at all. Okay, now let me go to um. Uh, um let me go to America. Um, being America being the latest and most accurate description of the new world. And I'm going to go to page, um, okay, I'm going to page 18, and that's going to go into Esau. So for people who don't, you know, who don't believe in the Bible, let's go into a historical, let's go into a historical book. Okay. Now this is a, this is America being the latest and most accurate description of the New World. This is page eighteen. 
chapter 2. Okay, and it says, it says, let me see, paragraph. It says that the original of the Americans must must be sought for either among the Phoenicians, the Zidonians, the Tyrians, the, 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 the Tyrians, or the Carthaginians, being the all one people. So they think that they're all one people. Okay. It said Herodotus faith thus of the thus of the Phoenicians. They live formerly to their own relation along the shore of the Red Sea. From whence we moving, they planted the sea coast of the of the Cyrenians. Cyrenians. Vitus the Latin poet, agrees with this opinion where he said where he said, On the Phoenician coast the ocean beats. We through the Red Sea sailing changed their seats. They were the first that ventured through the seas and freight ships with richer merchandise with richer merchand with, with richer mer- merchandise, fair or foul weather, they without control sought foreign trade direct from the pole, direct by the pole. Earth started from a Greek word called them Phoenician, from their from their being red of blood, with the slaughter of all with the slaughter of all strangers that landed on their coast. But rather, and so indeed, they were they were all called Phoenicians or Etherians from Esau or Edom, from whom they are derived. For these two words or denominations signify in Greek red, the two last, the two last, the like in Hebrew. Phoenix, Phoenix himself first planted all the country lying between the river. Eleutherius and the Egyptian city Pelufium, and afterward Diameta, washed by the washed by the Mediterranean. But since the boundaries are altered on the north of Judea, westward westward by the Mediterranean, southerly by Egypt, and towards the east by the D. By the desert Arabia, or it is desert. The chief cities are Ptolemies, otherwise called Akan, Sidon, Arad, Greek, Great, Cana, Sarepta, Blyblus, Bophrus, Beridus, and the princess Tyre. Oh, I, now I went through the kings of Tyre. I didn't go through um, the princess of Tyre. But it, it was the princess that ruled Tyre. And the princess Tyre, formerly situated in an isle, but since joined to the mainland by Alexander the Great. Okay. None can disown, that, none can disown but that the Phoenicians have, have, have everywhere been admirals of the sea. Now, when, I, when I hear admirals of the sea, I think about uh, uh, the Moors. Okay, so that they were formidable to the great princesses. When the Persian king, Cabaphes, or Cabaphes, came with a vast army against, against the Carthaginians, he was, forced to give his, he was forced to give over his design. 
because the Phoenicians refused to help him with their fleet, being uh, being allowed allied to in the city founded by them. But they not only built Carthage, which strove with Rome to the empress of the world, but also the famous cities, Leptis, Lutica, Hippo, Adrum, Adrumatum, Adrumatum in Africa, with Caldez, with Caldez and Tosifus in Spain. Nay, they sent plantations of people into the heart of Iberia in Libya. Okay, it will also it it will not be amiss to add Q Q Cortes his relation, who tells us wherever the Phoenicians came with their fleets, landing their men, they subdue whole countries, and by what means spread their colonies over over the known world, Carthage in Africa, but. I found Carthage right here too. Thebes as well. They got Thebes and Bosia. Uh, we know what Thebes is. And Kadas near the Western Ocean. Aristotle relates that they must, that they made such rich returns of their merchandise, and chiefly of their of their oil in Spain, that their anchors, pans, and all iron materials belonging to a ship. Instead of that metal were silver. But to return to our discourse and disprove the former testimony that the Phoenicians found America. So we know that they found America. They were in America ruling America. Okay. Now let's go over at page 18. Then. Okay, and then that was explaining Esau and his red. So the red, the Esau and the red thing, that goes back to them spilling the blood, you know, the war, the blood spilling in the war all over the coast. So that how that's you know that's the red of Esau. Okay, now let's go to um, page in the same book, America being the latest and most accurate description of the world, of the new world. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Now they are comparing, on this page, they are comparing the Greek, they are comparing the Greek between the Hebrew and then I think they also um, are comparing the Hebrew to the um, to the Phoenician alphabet. Okay. Okay, let me skip past this part. Okay, let me read that. Okay, let me read. Let me read some of it right here at the top. It says, 
page 25, the third proof they offer us is borrowed from the similitude and likeness of the Phoenician and American languages. Okay. Can't hardly make out this word. Continuous sets down some words, some words. The Phoenicians called a mountain a billa, which means blood. Edom. A mother is called a mother, a neck, a maid, Helosia, water. They call it said water is henna and it looks like Sam or Sam. That's the word for water. With the first agrees the American with the American and Sala. With the second with the second holo can't really it's hard to see some of these words. Holo holo douche with the third anam and the fourth hello 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 side with the fifth and me and look like Sammy. But they're basically making the words um the word comparison between the Phoenician and American language. Okay, let's go to page twenty six. Okay, and it says, um, now there, now, now there is not the hundred part of the resemble found between the American and Phoenician tongues, as there is between the Hebrew, Greek, Latin, and Dutch. According to the four mission examples, which notwithstanding cannot be observed to be derived from one another, what testimony can there be in five or six words? which only have a few letters that do not differ, but suppose that the agreeing of the Phoenician and American tongue could serve for a testimony that these last people had their original from the first, then these three remains, uh, then, then there remains another doubt. To know what Americans acknowledge the Phoenicians for their fathers, because their country is so big that it may almost stand in competition with all the other parts with all the with with all the other three parts of the known world being divided by so many nations with differing not only in their various customs but also in but also in their several languages. Most of them not having the least likeness one with another. Nay, oftentimes the inhabitants of the providence differ from differ so much in dialect that according to Petrus de Circa, the one cannot understand the other. So they're basically again they're um they um they are comparing you know, they are comparing the languages and then um, let me see. It says, "Our last, our last and chief testimony in Moses, who says, and who says in Genesis, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servant, shall he be unto his brethren.' Moreover, he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge, God shall." En- 
God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And in the next chapter, Canaan begot Sidon. These scriptures are explained as a testimony of the Americans extract from the Phoenicians, which they ground on the following reason. The Phoenicians are, Can- are Canaan's successors from Sidon, who gave their who gave who gave name to their chief city. Tubal, the issue of Japheth, whose tents God promised to enlarge, and that Canaan should be his servants, planted Spain. The Phoenician descendants from Sidon say they peopled America. The Spaniards sprang from Tubal of Japheth have subjected the Americans descended from Sidon of Canaan, wherein is fulfilled the prophecy of Moses. The Canaan, that Canaan should be servant to Japheth. But it seems a great mistake. So to derive the Phoenicians from Can- from Canaan, for they are extracted from Shem, Heber, Abraham, and Esau, from Edom, from him saying, Adam, Adam, mean he asked when he asked of Jacob that red, that red because that red because he knew not how to call the prepared partridge by its proper name. And Edom settled himself on Mount Seir, a part of the stony Arabia. So see you have Arabia. On the coast of the Red Sea, gave denomination to it because the sea, which was frequented and navigated by his successors, the Greeks called it Atherium, Atherium from Ethros, which is which is the same with Esau, and likewise and likewise signifies red. Here, here we also is added the Phoenix and Ethros have the same. Um, Signification in the Greek. So then the Idumeans, taking the name of Phoenicians from the Greek Phoenix, spread themselves far and near under mighty kings by navigation in the Red Sea, and from thence planted several coasts and islands, removing at last, removing at last to Syria. Okay. The seventh king of Edom. Moses reckoned to be Baal, to be Baal Hanan, which name by transposing the syllables is the famous Carthaginian general Hannibal. There, and that's right in the Bible. Baal Hanan, Hannibal, same person. Moreover, it is easily be it is easily be demonstrated that the Phoenicians extracted from Heber, having formerly spoke Hebrew, and since Arabic from for they dwelt before for they dwelt before their removing in the stony Arabia. Okay. Now let me skip down. Now this is this is how they're comparing they're using scriptures to compare the people to see if they are the same people by saying they speak the same tongue or similar tongue. Okay. Now, it says, some would derive the American from the Jews, others from the ten tribes of Israel, 
occurred into captivity. The ground on which the opinion is that the Jews and Israelites were scattered amongst all nations. Therefore, they conclude that America was also peopled by them. The rather, the rather because the ancient Jews and America were, were of one complexion and went and went a like and went a like habited, both going without shoes, only wearing sandals, and an upper coat over a shorter linen vest. Both are humble, quick on quick of apprehension, and obliging yet yet valiant or valiant. But it is certain they cannot be like the Jews because the Americans changed their habits. According as they live in cold or hot countries and go not in the least like one another. Okay. Father Emmanuel relates that he saw Brazilian not only salted making his party good against three Portugal soldiers, but had it been by mere chance uh worse 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 them. Lastly, what ceremonies of religious rites are observed by the Americans which are used in which are used in Judaism. The Jews indeed have transplanted their circumcision among diverse Eastern people and have only and have they only forgot the cer- the first ceremony and signal badge of their religion in America, which yet not which yet not which yet not only they but those Mohammedans those are you know before Muhammad was spelled Muhammad, it was spelled uh, Muhammad, Muhammad, instead of Muhammad. Those Mohammedans and other secretaries constantly observe. This makes evident their scattering about the face of the earth, but will not, but will not bring them to reach America. So now they're comparing. Uh, let's see. They're comparing the Phoenicians to they're comparing the Phoenicians to the Jews and to the tribes of Israel. So, and they're looking at their customs. They're saying they're looking at their customs and what they what they wear and the language that they spoke. So they're trying to make the comparison. Okay, let's go to. Um, page twenty eight. Okay, page twenty eight. Um. Okay, let me. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to read page 28. But this book right here, Marcus, being the latest and most accurate description of the New World. I mean, this is a history book, so some of the same things I was reading um, out the Bible are in this book. And they also use the Bible um, in conjunction with history as well. And um, 
I mean, this book is about 800 some pages long, so you know, you can take your time and uh, you know, go through this book. Um, let me see where else I want to go from here. Okay, so we talked about the king's attire. Um, we talked about. Let me see. I don't think I even read. Did I read? Ancient Tyre, let's see. Okay, let me read some more about Tyre. Okay, this is from, um, this is Ancient History Encyclopedia, okay, Tyre. It says, okay, I read a little bit, but this one has some, a little bit more detail. Okay, Tyre is an ancient Phoenician port city, which in myth is known as the birthplace of Europa. Okay, I read that part. Okay, it says, the name means rock, and the city consists of two parts. The main trade center on an island in Old Tyre, about a half mile opposite on the mainland. The old city, known as Yusha, Yushu, U.S. U U U S H U. So that's another name for Tyre. Yusa. Another name for Old Tyre. So you can also find Old Tyre in that name Yusa. Was founded twenty seven fifty. Here's another date. Twenty seven fifty B C E. And and the trade center grew up shortly after. And time that I the island complex became more prosperous and populated than Yusa and was heavily fortified. The prosperity of Tyre attract, attracted the attention of King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon, who laid siege to the city for 13 years in the 6th century BCE without breaking their defenses. During the siege, most of the inhabitants of the mainland city abandoned it for the relative safety of the of the island. Yushu became a suburb of Tyre on the mainland and remained so until the coming of Alexander the Great. The Tyrians were known as workers and dyed from the shells of the Murex shellfish. This purple dye was highly valued and had royal connotations in the ancient world. It also gave the Phoenicians their name from the Greeks Poyonkites, which means purple people. So somebody say the Phoenicians were white. Say no. The definition says literally means purple people. You can't get purple from white. The city states were the most powerful in all of Phoenicia after surpassing its sister state, Sidon. Sidon um, is in the Bible. Sidon in. Um, uh, um, I forgot the other place. Tyre is referenced in the Bible. Tyre is referenced in the Bible and the New Testament, where it claimed that both listen that both Jesus, Jesus, and Saint Paul visited the city and remains famous in military history for Alexander the Great, 
siege. So Jesus was in Venezuela. He was other places too, South America. But we talking about Venezuela. He was there. Okay. Okay. Now it says um, tires go to age. Tyre was in Tyre was Tyre was in Golden Age around the 10th century BCE and the 8th and the 8th. The colonizers the colonized other sites in the area and enjoying great wealth and prosperity, owning primarily to an alliance with Israel. The Tyrian the Tyrian uh, uh, the the alliances and trade agreement with David. Okay, David, king of Israel was initiated by the king of Tyre. So there's your king David, and he was there in South America. He was initiated. Now, how would they know if King David was not real? How would they know he was initiated by the king of Tyre? The king of Tyre name, the king of Tyre is Abbaal. Who sent the new king timber from the fabled cedars of Lebanon? As Abibael's son Hiram is said to have done, is said to have done for David's son Solomon. So another thing on Hiram, Hiram is known in Freemasonry. He is also Hiram Abiff. How do I know this Hiram is Hiram Abiff? Because you can go to the books, Ancient Oriental Masonry, and it'll tell you that Hiram is is the is Hiram Abyss. So now you have King David, who's initiated. He's initiated by Abelbal, and then you have Hiram, all in Tyre. Where is Tyre? In Venezuela. And on the island, you know, the island part of Tyre, too. So, now, these alliances result in a very lucrative partnership would benefit both parties. According to the historian Richard Miles, commercially, this, this deal not only gave Tyre privilege access to the viable markets of Israel. Hold on. That means all this, all this was over here. Israel, Judea, or no, or Judea. In northern Syria, it is also provided further opportunities for joint overseas ventures. Indeed, a Tyrrhenian Israelite expedition traveled to the Sudan and Somalia, and perhaps even as far as the Indian Ocean. Now, hold on, let me go back. Okay. Now. Let's see. Okay, as far as the Indian Ocean. Now, don't really worry about the Indian Ocean part too much. Just focus on Hiram Abyss, David, Solomon, and David, Solomon, Hiram Abyss, and who else? Let me see somebody. Okay, that's it. Okay. Now, here on American soil. Okay, let me read on. Another development which encouraged the wealth of Tyre seems to have been a religious revolution in the city under the reigns of 
Abel, and Hiram, which elevated the god known as Melquat, a deified version of Hercules. Over the traditional divine covers of Phoenicians, Baal, also known as El, and Astarte, also known as Harasha, or it's a Asherah, Asherah, I'm sorry. The primacy of Melquat, who names me king of the city. See, when I see that Melquat, or I see that male, I think of male Kizadep. Okay, but anyway. Drew power away from the priests of the traditional painting of the gods and placed it at the disposal of the palace. Richard Mouth notes, it seems that, that a desire to bring the temples to heal to heal lay behind the royal decision to replace the traditional chief deities of Tyre with a new god, male court. The result was the result was not only an the result was not only an increase in the wealth of the palace, but through a more efficient distribution of that wealth, increased prosperity for the whole of the city. Now it's going on to Alexander the Great and the siege. Okay. Um, let me see. Okay. Now, um, Nova Ali Bay, did you have something that um that you wanted to say? Nobel Torah Ali Bay. Oh, indeed, you go on indeed. So, you just listening, absorbing the knowledge that you're putting down. There are people here. And um, basically, they didn't have no idea that Alexander the Great was even even near um was even near. They have no idea that Alexander the Great had ever left the area that it was advertised as. Movies, all type of um, stories. Hanging and whitewashing, everything that you were looking for. So everybody just very, very shocked to hear some of the things that you say. But at the same time, the evidence that you have, the uh, actual evidence that you have behind your words is so powerful. And everyone just absorbing that way. They had uh, other findings. In Illinois and Ohio, that rivaled any uh, first contact by Christopher Columbus being in fact. So, um, so this knowledge is new to some people's ears. Once a lie has been corrected after being trained in a lie for so long, it is now hard to remember. Anymore, so I'm gonna hear the floor back to the queen right now because you started okay, from behind the building and all that. Uh, yeah. I, I need to take a quick. I need to take a quick break. Oh, you need a break? Okay, I'll get you a break. No problem. Okay. No problem. Indeed. Well, basically, 
We think about how to get into the great. He was that he was a conqueror. But the man that they portrayed him as conquering seemed to be more vast than what they gave us in Hollywood. And also, the fact that he possibly could have been not of uh, European descent, or I can't even say European descent because we were there, we there over there first too. But um, Alexander the Great, his father Ptolemy, I know they wanted to be a god, and that's where Serapis came from. The Serapis was a lot like the Jesus Christ they created. So there's been a lot of uh, deviousness. Also, they spoke about Alexander burning all these books. And Alexandra, then we start to find these geographical points of these places that they altered. And these alterations that are causing great discomfort in people's brains because of the fact that people have in their minds that they have history, but history is just a story, a bunch of lies that remove the facts of the attitude of good and So this clears up a lot. This information is available to everybody by the references that's given to you. And also, everybody who has a Bible, if you know it's being read there, it's being read directly and then transferred directly or interpreted directly before you. King Juba, Solomon's treasure was found also in the Midwest. Also, you have the Cosmic Tree of Life in Davenport, Iowa. This Cosmic Tree of Life represents intelligence above the ordinary from outside or coming to the earth. And having its code the date back to 800 BC. So, 800 BC, you have said, Libyans, Iberians, and Egyptians. But at this point now, with the knowledge brought forth, these people were from the West, and it eliminated the fantasy that. One person had just crossed the Atlantic, a priest had just crossed the Atlantic in order to establish contact between the East and the West. And so that's, that's dead. That's bullshit. And everything that goes behind that and everything that can formed around that and built with that is also bullshit. So with that and all of those lies falling like dominoes, then the knowledge that has to be brought forth is right exactly correct. Which is the end of now.
And it won't be brought forth by a religious group. Because they're designed to deflect knowledge and teach a history through a religious book. But it hardly be lied and tell you everything was in the East anyway. So if it's not, everything is not in the East, then why is this knowledge still being taught every Sunday and Saturday? You tell me. And these people can read like everybody else and understand like everything else then, or puts money in their pocket is to say that this is from the East. Or people have the East and they mind only remember that from the Bible, the Quran, or even the Torah that's teaching at the geographical locations of these so-called holy lands is not no place in the East. This is one of the biggest lies on the planet. So that's going to be corrected and being corrected class by class. Class by class. King Juba was escaping, but he's still not knowing how he was able to get across the land. And the College of Free Life also, obviously, the Mississippi River was being used before that by people way before 1492. Everyone didn't land on the Atlantic coast. But some people came up to Mississippi. And that proves it. Alexander not only burned books, but he so quietly had taken over Egypt. And corrupted in our opinion. At the same time, Instead the bill, he was taught to be corporate. That's in question here tonight also. The other evidence that previously was not available before you, so we asked if he's been presented tonight. So the problem is be once again. You yeah. like you to talk for yourself at all times. But understand not to make the final judgment until you've heard all the evidence. And then you can make a final judgment, but you can make a final judgment upon hearing 50% of the evidence or 75% of the evidence. In many cases, having to do with what's called his story. So we're going to reverse that. And now I ask you to believe me, I think there's lines in between that. But at the same time, understanding all of the evidence hasn't been presented. Once all the evidence is presented, can you please then make your decision? But the decision that you may have made before 
stop showing how the dollar is not understanding all the evidence that that decision is in I'm uh, I'm back. Indeed, we need the floor. Let's get it clean. Okay. Um, another thing I want to bring up is that um, Greece. Um, the animal that represents Greece also uh, is the goat. And the goat is important. The goat is important because in astrology, when you see that goat, it also represents um, Greece. And also, it's a parable in the Bible between um, the goat and the ram. Now, the goat is Greece. Now the ram, I don't know. I, I know the ram represents, um, you know, almond. But I don't know the ram. I don't know. I don't know for sure what. Uh, um, cause I know the ram is also in um, in uh, in astrology. The ram is Aries, which is the goddess of war. But I don't know um, what empire, or I have to look for it, what empire the ram represents. Because each each animal, like when you see the goat and you see the ram, um, they represent um, different empires. So if you run across a parable and it's talking about a ram, it's not talking about an actual ram. It's talking about that empire that the ram represents. Or if you say a parable about the goats, it's not talking about the actual goat. It's talking about, um, it would be talking about Greece. The goat represents the empire of Greece. And also, it just shows you how the history also connects to, um, to the uh, to the astrology as well. So your history is literally, you know, in the stars as well, like above, so above, so is it. So above, so below, so it's so so below, so above, so um something else I also came across was when I was looking at Macedonia and Greece. It's a tribe that's called Makedo, Maki, M A K E D N O I, Makedo tribe. Now when I see the Makedo, the first the first um, five letters see McKee. That automatically makes me think it's a connection to Makita. And, um, but I didn't go in deeper. But it's it's in um, Makita, M-A-K-K-E-D-A. That is in Joshua chapter 10, verse 7 through 10. And that just relates right on back. To um to, to ancient Greece or ancient um Macedonia. Let me um let me finish reading about ancient Tyre and then I will read the scripture. Hold, hold me one sec.
Okay, Alexander the Great and the Gracies. Okay. It says the king now the king now, not the priest, were the bridge between the temporal and the celestial worlds, and the needs of the heavenly gods could close could closely correspond with the political exigencies of the palace. This new religious policy encouraged a more closely knit bond among the people of the city by designating them as set apart from the other city-states of Phoenicia and so special in the eyes of their God. Okay, Mao writes, the king even introduced an elaborate new ceremonial to celebrate the annual festival of Melquat, of Melquat. Each spring in a clearly choreographed festival called the Egresis, an effigy of the god was placed on a giant raft before being ritually burned as it drifted out to sea while hymns were sung by the assembled crowds. For the for the for the for the Tyrians as as for many other ancient Near Eastern people, the emphasis fell upon the up, fell upon the restorative properties of fire. For the God Himself was not destroyed, but revived by the smoke, and the burning of and the burning of the effigy thus represented rebirth. To emphasize the importance of the Idrisis and maintaining the external cohesion of the Tyrian people, all foreigners had to leave the city for the duration of the ceremony. It was this ceremony and the importance it held for the people which would bring about Tyre's destruction and the slaughter or, enslave, or enslavement of the populace. In 332 BCE, Alexander the Great arrived at the city. Okay, that's the date, 332 BC. Okay, arrived at the city, fresh from the subjugation of Sidon, and demanded Tyre's surrender. Following Sidon's lead, the Tyrians acknowledged Alexander's greatness and presented him with gifts. All seemed to be going well and pleased with their submission. Alexander said he would present a sacrifice in honor of their god at the temple of Melkort. The, Tyrian, the Tyrians could not allow this, as it would be sacrilegious for a foreigner to, to present a sacrifice in the holy home of their god, and even more so as the ceremony of Egresis was close at hand. The historian Worthington presents what followed. Elzimich, king of Tyre, proposed a compromise. Tyre would become Alexander's ally, but would sacrifice on the mainland at Old Tyre, opposite the island. An angry Alexander sent envoys to say that this was unacceptable and that the Tyrians had to surrender. They murdered the envoys and threw them off their walls. Alexander then ordered the siege of Tyre. He dismantled much of the old mainland city of Usha, as well as using fallen debris, rocks, and fielded trees, filling in the seas between the mainland and the island to create a land bridge for his war machines. Over the centuries, since this caused heavy sedimentation to occur, 
and primarily link the island to the mainland, which is why Tyre is not an island today. Well, it actually is. Um, after a siege of seven months, Alexander used his man-made causeway to batter down the walls of Tyre and take the city. Tyre's 30,000 inhabitants were either massacred or sold into slavery, and the city was destroyed by Alexander and his rage as they're having defiled him for so long. The fall of Tyre led to the rise of Carthage as the survivors of the siege who were able to escape Alexander's wrath by bribery or stealth, founded a new city in the north of Africa. Following Alexander's death in 323 BCE, his general, Seleucus Swan, took control of the region of Phoenicia, including Tyre, and rebuilt the city and rebuilt it, but the city was again destroyed in 315 BCE by Alexander's rival general, Antagonist. So, okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's um okay. That's the end um of that um of that reference. And that was on www.ancient.eu slash tire slash. Okay. Now let me go to the part about Makita and Joshua chapter ten. Okay, let me see. Okay, it says Joshua chapter 10, verse 7. Oh, let's go down to chapter chapter 10, verse 16. It said, Now these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in the cave at Makeda. It was told, Joshua saying, the five kings had been found hidden in the cave at Makeda. Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouths of the cave and assign men by it to guard them. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies and attack them in the rear. Do not allow them do not allow them to enter their cities, for the Lord your God has delivered them into your hand. It came about when Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished slaying them with a very great slaughter until they were destroyed. And the survivors who remained of them had entered the fortified cities. Then all the people returned to the camp to Joshua at Makeda in peace. No one uttered a word against any of the sons of Israel. So that is Makeda. It's it's more to it, but you know you can. Um, that's Joshua chapter ten. You can start at verse seven. I started reading from verse sixteen, but. And that goes into Makeda. Makeda ties right back into the Macedonians, uh, which are the Greeks. Okay, let me see. Now they also had a queen of um of Tyre. You have Queen you have Queen Jezebel of Tyre. Hold on one second.
Christian City Council already that media. Alexander the Great in America. Classes being conducted by Mr. Willis Regina Janessa Matier, trying to chase. We've been going in this tree. Following this power, living in understanding. Okay, um, you also have Queen Isabel, Queen Jezebel or Isabel, and she was a queen of um, she was a princess of Tyre. She was she was a princess of Tyre, and she was the queen of Israel. Um, that's in First Kings, chapter twenty-one, verse five through sixteen, and then also First Kings, chapter eighteen, verse. Uh, 19, and then she's also in chapter 19, verse 3, if you want to read about um, Queen um, Queen of Jezebel. It says Jezebel, but it's also Isabel. Okay, uh, Nobel Torah Ali Bay, there's something you want to say? Nobel Torah Ali Bay? Yeah, can you go on about Jezebel? People want to know um, a little bit more about this Queen Jezebel and her, uh, you know, her presence there. Okay, first. Let me go to First Kings. First Kings twenty-one. Okay. Let me go first, Kings. Okay, she's right here in First Kings twenty one and one. I'm trying to see, go to what she actually, um, where she was, where she was the in rulership. But let me Google this up. And then looking at the name Jezebel, that's probably where you get Jezreel. And then we say Israel. Let me see. Jezebel.
Okay, it says, um, how bad was Jezebel? It says, for more than 2,000 years, Jezebel have been sad with a reputation as the bad girl of the Bible, the wickedest of women. This ancient queen had been denounced as a murderer, prostitute, and enemy of God, and her name had been adopted for, for, for lingerie lines and World War II misses alike. But just how depraved, just how deprived was Jezebel? Okay, in recent years, scholars have tried to reclaim the shadowy female figures whose tales are often only partially told in the Bible. Rehabilitating Jezebel's same reputation is an arduous task. Okay, it's going in because, yeah, they did give her a very bad um, reputation. Okay, in the Book of Kings, recount the princess Jezebel is is brought to the northern kingdom of Israel to where the newly crowned King Ahab son of Omri, that's in 1 Kings 16.31. So let me go to 1 Kings 16.31. Yeah, the Ahab and Jezebel. Do we have this in, in the West? Okay, it says, chapter, verse 31, chapter 16. And it came about as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he married Jezebel, the daughter of Athabal, king of the Adonians, and went to serve Baal and worship him. So he erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. Ahab also made the Ahab also made the Asherah. Thus Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his days, Hael the Baphelite built Jericho. He laid his, his foundation with the loss of Ibram, his firstborn, and set up his gates with the loss of his younger son, Sagub. According to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. So it's starting off, um, the title of that chapter um, is the Israelite king. So she's automatically a princess because her father was Ethabiel. He was a king. So it automatically makes her a princess. And that's the first king, chapter 16, verse um, 31. But if you continue on, it's, it's going to be talking about her in um, in um, First Kings uh, seventeen, eighteen, twenty-one. It's going to be talking about her. But see how in the beginning they gave her a bad name. She was a prostitute. I didn't. I never knew that she ruled. Um, that first of all, I never knew she was a princess, and her father was a king, and I didn't know that she ruled um, Tyre. Oh, okay. Now, and then we have Taya in the West. You had you had given us that before. Mm-hmm. Where we had that in the West. Okay, and then um, if on Phoenicia dot org, um, it says about her. It says Princess Jezebel of Tyre was queen of Israel. Her brother 
Pygon Malion. Now that sounds like Molly. Pygon Malion, King of Tyre, murdered her husband, the high priest. She escaped tyranny. She, she escaped um, tyranny in her country and found a cost and found it. Carthage, and thereafter is Phoenician Punic um, Dominion. Carthage became later a great center of the Western Mediterranean in its high noon. One of its most famous sons were Hannibal, who defied Rome. So yeah, um, Queen um, Jezebel is, and she was a queen. Her father was a king, and she ruled. She was a king of Israel. And but she ruled um, Tyre. And Tyre is in um, South America, Venezuela. And she's in your Bible. Hey, Queen, where was Tyre at in South America? Um, it's two tires. You have the mainland Tyre, and then you have um, the Island City Tire, which would be New Tire. Um, if you type in, um, if you type in, let me do it right now. If you Google on Google, if you type in uh, to get close to the island, to get a map close to the island, you will have to type in Venezuela, and then you would type in um, Venezuela. See, so would come up, and then type in comma Cora C O. R O. Let me see what kind of let's see what come up. Then go to uh go over to images, not maps, images. Now if you go to images and you type in core, nothing's gonna come up but like that building. So therefore you have to type in Venezuela or you can type in L L E L Tiger T I G R E then type in Venezuela. They're beautiful. Uh, their, their, their lives, uh, one of the lives is to the listening audience because this is a picture to be in the East. So I know we did a class before and Queen went in on this. I'm going to reiterate that this attire was in South America. And so all these, what we're talking about, this shifts over. Well, should I call me to remind everybody this is not the Middle East the thing we're talking about. This is not a routine going through a circuit animation or some stuff in the Middle East. This is back to the facts. Very important that y'all always remember that and study the references the Queen is giving you. Uh, that's pretty much it um, for me. Only thing that um, that I want to say is that that's just um, that's just that's just one place. It's a whole lot of other cities that's that's there too. Um, I would do those like on another um, you know on another show. But you know if you look it up and you look at that area and. Um, when you're doing research, what you want to do is you want to look at the geographics. You want to look at what the land was uh, famous for, like what the minerals or resources. Um, you want to know, like, 
the language that was the ancient language that was spoken in. Uh, you want to look at the animals that that um the indigenous animals from there, and then you also um uh, what else? Um, the people, the languages, the animals, um, anything that's famous like for growing there, like you know you have some parts of South America that's famous for like different stuff like amaric and corn and um uh uh some parts are famous for their gold mines, their silver mines, their salt mines. So you wanna know like what is that region known for? So all that's like you know, all that will help you to find to make sure that these places are not only the places don't just because they have the same name or similar name, but that they are in fact the places because they're matching all the descriptions um of the place too. Um, that's pretty much it. And then I was surprised. I was like, wow. So, um, you know, Venezuela is named for Esau. That's Esau's land. And then that goes back to Esau and Jacob. Then it goes back to Isaac. So, (laughs) you know, then that goes back to Genesis. So, I mean, it goes back deep. And the more you research, the more you it'll go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. That's fact. Genesis is the book of Isis. I know you have matriarchy. It has been reversed to get the east of patriarchy. So it's very important that people get this right so they understand that what they've been hearing has been transferred off the geographically. That's definitely so. Yeah, and then you find a lot of history um, through the Bible. Like, a lot of history, um, you can find it. You'd be like, hold on. Let me see if it's true. You know, you you checking it against history. And if it matches, then you know it's true. And everything I read, it's been proven it. Um, everything I was reading about, uh, um, everything I read about, um, about Tyre, and this is what they have on their books about Tyre. And then I was reading about... Um, Alexander the Great, this is what they have in their books, Alexander the Great. Now, I won't be surprised if this if there's some more history that haven't been discovered about Alexander the Great. But, you know, you can only read what you have so far. And then, of course, in time, if new information comes out, then you update the information that you have. But, you know, so, but I just proved, you know, I showed it in history and I showed it in, in, in the Bible. So even if people... Um, especially people who are Christians and, you know, they really are hesitating, you know, are hesitant on the history. I showed it to you in the Bible. And another thing they should ask themselves, how come they pastor this Bible has so much history? How come their pastor hasn't showed them not, not even a little pinch of this history? You know, not even saying, not even saying that it's even in America, just a hint of this history period at all. Um, so, um, some people, they say that the Bible is a religious book, but you can use the Bible and be religious, but the Bible is mostly a history book. It's a history, I mean, it's it's history. 
And the people who are in the book, it's their customs and their laws and their traditions that's in the book. And then what's even deeper is that you can sit back and think, hold on, maybe I am linked to those people. Maybe I'm bloodline lineage related to these people that's in the Bible. And then if you can prove that, we pray on the Bible in court. Maybe you do some land. Maybe you do um, some wealth. Because the first five books, the first five books are, the first five books I know they use, they used to make the laws with. But I know you go to court, you find the Bible. So they're supposed to be upholding the laws of, this, of, of the books in the Bible. So, like, and once you find out the nationality of the people in the Bible and you are that nationality, those are your ancestors right there in the Bible. And just the mere fact, say, like, you find out, oh, well, none of these people, none of these tribes in the Bible are related to me. Still, even so, you living on American soil, you, you want to know what happened. You know, you want to want educate your kids and your family, like, what happened? Because you, I mean... I think it was very crazy for you to live somewhere and not know what happened on the soil that you lived on. Or maybe not the soil you lived on directly, but not too far from you. Like, South America is it's not that far. I mean, it's far, but not that far. Like, you want to you wanna know those things because I wouldn't want, uh, you know, someone else that wasn't of this land at all to just, you know, know more about the land than me. You know, and I've been here my whole life in my family. I want to know what happened, you know, who was here, who ruled, you know. Because history, you know, history ties to A lot of people say, well, what does history got to do with now? It has everything to do right now because history tends to repeat itself. So you want to know what happened in history so it will help you understand what's going on now. So, and then don't be dependent upon nobody else to tell you. You know, you'll get hints and stuff like that, and then you just you just uh, go off, you know, of the hints and the clues you got. And the more you dig, the more you research, if you keep searching for the truth long enough, it's going to come. But you have to be ready. If you're not ready, you ain't going to get it, like, because you're not ready. But if you're ready, it definitely will come to you. Some stuff you got to search deep, and some stuff will just come on its own. But, I mean, that's pretty much, um, you know, all I have to say. Oh, I also want to say that the Greek, you know, the Greek civilization is, 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 is a, you know, they were black. So you'd be like, well, that don't got nothing to do with me. Um, you know, that was all white people. The Greeks were black. The Trojans were black. Uh, the Spartans were black. The Lacedonians were black. I mean, so when you see the movies and you're seeing the movie 300 and you're seeing the, the uh, uh, Troy and all these wars and the movies and stuff and the video games, that's possibly your ancestors right there, more, most likely. And the stuff that they show in the movies, most likely all of it happened here. So, you know, um, you know, don't um, just shut down, you know, when you see when you see them being played as uh, as white people and just like, I can't even watch it because there's white people playing it. Because you're going to miss out on something that's important that could, you know, that could help you, could help you on your learning. And then another thing, if you see them as white people, what people should start doing, they should start, like, 
especially like artists, they should start actually drawing, you know, the soldiers and stuff and um the ancient the ancient um the ancient uh, Greeks and Spartans and they should just start drawing them, um, make 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 children's books. Show them in the actual color that they were. And um make drawings, put it around your house for your kids. And do coloring books, you know, stuff like that. To start you know, deprogramming all the whitewash the whitewash images and stuff that they go and see through T V and computer and, you know, museums. So just start doing that, you know. But that's all I have to say. Indeed. Indeed, we're going to give gratitude. Welcome gracias to the Queen for the class today, Alexander the Great in America. That has been brought to the table, risen up. More evidence than we've ever heard before on this. And references for you to study what you may have not studied before. So on behalf of Queen Tanya, the Optimist Minister Regina Janessa, Kid Tanya Chase. And I'm Norman Travis Bay. This is uh, Crystal City Council and Living That Media. And we'll be back with another class in the future as we do. Um, if you understand, that you have references, this uh, download will be available in the next one or two hours at TalkShoe, uh, nine, call ID 94541. Also, it will be posted on Facebook and Twitter. So, therefore, we'd like to share this as well as the other classes that the Queen has done with your family and friends and everybody you know so they can come about with a little frequency of believing and knowing it. Oh, he's gone. We'll see y'all next time. We'll have another class with knowledge that's been hidden for being slidden under the door. Once again, she calling to the Optimist Unit for the Guinness and Mr. Chair Tiny Chase. And take care. And all thanks to all of the Optimist Units for the Guinness and Mr. Chair and Boys. Peace. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.